People have to develop courage. It is most important of all the virtues because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. You can be anything erratically and in front of the microphone, in front of the camera. But to be that thing in your heart, you have to have courage. And so I've, I'm afraid that we are, we are lacking in courage. We think we are afraid. And fear, I'm sorry to say, motivates most of the cruelties in our world. Well, how are you today? Girl, today is a day. I'm, I'm hanging in there, though. Listen, it's crazy because I, I wanted to start off this episode like I usually do. I usually have a segment of like icebreaker questions and things. But to be honest, I'm being completely straight up. I am really bothered. I just saw, and it goes, it, it corresponds with the episode that you just had. Um, and you were kind of talking about like, it, we have to stop normalizing seeing, you know, deaths by police happen on camera mm -hmm. and literally five minutes before I did this my fiance showed me a video of um George uh, something in Minnesota yeah. and I'm like mm -hmm. I'm I'm really like I'm fucking over yeah. it like I'm so yeah. angry because uh so yeah that I'm, well, I'm, I'm with you down for that I'm because I was here you like my heart is heavy for it because like you were saying like you know, his parents have to see that, his his daughters, mm -hmm. his mother, his, his why, why, for right. what? Mm -hmm. and, for what? And, you know, on my last episode, I was speaking to a community activist and he was just saying too, like, you know, maybe we need to start a, another movement of Black Panther or something. Like something has to, get, I, I don't even know what's right to do anymore. Do we keep protesting mm -hmm. and going to the, you know, courts and going to the police stations, or do we really take our own action? After? Like, what, what is the right thing to do? It's like, I'm so tired of sitting and say? watching these things. Like, I'm, I it's cannot tough. believe, and, and the people recording him are like, he cannot breathe, he cannot breathe. The guy's saying, I cannot right. breathe. His head is like twisted on the ground. Mm -hmm. Like, get your fucking knee off of him at least. Right, <sighs> right. Girl, I wonder if that's I, the same thing I got this morning because um, one of my family members sent me something. It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I said, too early. <laughs> I don't like it's way too early for me to process this at eight o'clock in the morning. Listen, I'm, it's probably the same one, though. I, I try not to watch them. I can't. It was hard for me. Um, But I, I, I it was like you kind of mentioned it, too, on your last episode. So you were saying like you don't really want to watch it. But then, like, it's something like that you you can't like stop not not watching it in a way because you just right. want to see like what wait what really happened wait what happened and that's the point mm -hmm. I was at because I'm thinking maybe some part of this video because it was pretty long too to be honest um like yeah. the IGTV videos and I'm like maybe at one point this this cop is gonna say all right let me get my let me get my knee off of him like he ain't doing nothing mm -hmm. whatever what no until the ambulance got there the guy's knee is still on him. And the guy was unfortunately dead. It's just yeah, it bothers. It was ironic that I just seen it. it. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I do. I did have some Girl. questions for you though. Um, so we'll get into that. I just had to vent that out really okay. quick because it's it's like it puts me in a whole nother mood. 
Um, it's heavy and it's, it's getting ridiculous. It's coming too often. It's been ridiculous and even more. Yeah, way too it's, often. It's way too often and it's it's scary. Like, it's scary at this point because it's just like, it could be you, it could be me, it could be, you know, your father, your brother, your mm-hmm. uncle, it could be anybody. Right. But, um, all right, so we have Tiana here, guys. She is host of Cope for the Culture podcast, and she's also a trauma therapist. I knew you were a therapist, however, I didn't know, you know, what type of therapy, so I thought that was really awesome to do. Trauma therapist for children and um, parents. I just heard that in your last episode, and I think it's just so good that you advocate for that because, you know, a lot of people in minority communities, just Black communities, we just feel like, uh, I don't need a. I don't need to go to therapy. Like my, me myself, I've tried and it is hard. But I knew that if I it's kept hard. trying, it is hard because I don't know this part. Vice versa for the therapist, I'm sure it is. So mm-hmm. you know, I kind of wanted to talk on that. But I'm really, okay. I'm. It's really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I I love your yeah. episodes. I love what you do. So we're just gonna get into our icebreaker segment so our, our listeners can get more okay. to know more about you. So. Here's question one. Do it. If you if you okay. can bring back an old fashioned trend, what would it be? Ooh, I feel like this is probably already like anything. Yeah, was. anything. It doesn't know anything fashionable. Whether it's like you know mm-hmm. hairstyle, earrings, clothing, whatever. It would probably be clothing for me. Like right now, I'm really into the biker shorts. Like okay, if I can wear yeah, bike shorts, yeah. I'm going to wear them. They're comfortable. Um, Listen, are you the big tea, a lot? The big T and the bike. I'm a crop top. Oh, crop top okay, and bike shorts. Yeah, yeah. That's that's me. Full. What's that? Nineties, nineties, eighties. One of the two. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably what I would bring back with huge hoop earrings. Um, these not even the, the normal socks I wear. Mm-hmm, bamboo. All of that. Gold necklaces, chains. Okay. That would be me. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I would I, I love that style anyway. All right. So on to our next mm-hmm. question. So what's one thing you will want your our listeners to know about you? Despite like, you know, what I've already said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what would I want them to know? Probably that I like I really take seriously what I do. And I know, like, with me being a therapist and the podcast, especially with the episodes I've been doing recently, they can come off confrontational. And so I've been, like, treading lightly recently. Um, But I think it would just be that it comes from a place of love and that I really care and want us to be, not be better, like, we're doing something wrong. But, like, for the longest time, we haven't been coping the way that we need to cope. And resulting in where we are right now within our society and within our culture. So I think I would just say that I really care about what I do and I put the stuff out there because I want other people to have the knowledge that I have. And I realize that everybody doesn't get to get that. Like whatever your profession is, is what you do. So everybody's not going to have the same knowledge about trauma or therapy or mental health and different diagnoses that I do. And so because I have that, I'm going to talk about it. And I think it's awesome because you bring um, that awareness to people and, you know, if you guys are listening and need some of that, just one, it almost feels like you're in the room with you. Like when you're talking, it's, it's so sensational. And I just Aww. check it out. It's Cope for the, Cope for the Culture podcast. It's like on all platforms. I listen to it on Apple, but I'm sure it's on mm-hmm. Anchor. I know it's on Spotify. So definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. All right, I have two more questions for you. Yes, okay. yes. 
Um, so are you a traveler or a homebody type of person? Ooh, traveler. Travelers? I'm supposed to be in Aruba right now. Right now. Like, actually probably coming back today. Dang. So. I, I actually was supposed I to be in Costa Rica last week. Coronavirus is just... See? God dang. <laughs> ruining my life. Um, it's ruining my life. How How are you coping, though, with being home are you actually because i know you said you were you know you have a few clients are you actually working from home with your clients are you doing virtual how is that yeah. going is it much different than as far as like being in your office yeah mm -hmm. so yeah i've transitioned into telehealth i did not do telehealth before the coronavirus i was strictly office-based people came saw me and that was it so it has definitely been a transition one because I'm trying to cope myself with this madness What's everything going on correct right mm -hmm. and so all of the things that I was working with my clients with before like yes you have trauma experiences but this is a new thing that we're adding into what we're already Art. working on and so for a lot of people and I've talked about this on my show it has the potential to be very traumatic and so I'm trying yes. to hold how my clients feel and be there and support them and be the best therapist I can but at the same time you have like to off get the camera, yourself. I'm just right trying to do the best that I can because it's not easy by any it's means. It's really not. It's yeah. Not. And how I long have you been? How long have you? Um, I'm sorry. How long have you actually like been home? And where are you checking in from? Are you in North Carolina? You mm -hmm. I'm in Durham, North Carolina. I have been home. Oh, I don't even want to say this out loud. I think this is like my 11th or 12th week being at home. Yeah. Yeah. Our last week in the office was the week of March 11th. And so Damn. that Monday, the 16th, yep, I've been home ever since. That's so. a lot, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it is a challenge, and it's, it's no right or wrong way to deal with it. Everyone has their own ways, and I'm kind of learning that, too, oh. because, you know, for, like, mm -hmm. I've been home for almost three months, and, you know, for the first month and a half, it was a lot. Like, I was going yes. off. Like, you know, even mm -hmm. on my dog, like, I'm just, I was just so down because I'm so used to routine yeah. and now I'm mm -hmm. trying to you know go with the flow and count my blessings but every day is different it's it's hard tell me about it girl every single day every yeah, day and I think for me when it first started I went through waves where it was like okay whew, I can do this this is cool I do this every day I can work yeah. and then a week go by and I'm like okay I'm not doing okay I'm not doing okay and it's like okay, I'm, I'm, good. I'm good I'm good and it's just going it's back that, forth, it's, so. it, yeah it's like a teeter yeah. totter because some mm -hmm. days you, you know to me I've noticed the weather kind of has the weather has a lot to do with this so I'm, I'm up here in Connecticut yes. so some days it's rainy some mm -hmm. days it's sunny yesterday was very rainy and I was just so yes. like ugh you know, not in the mood, not, uh, didn't want to be bothered. I'm like, let me go right, right. Cause that's what I usually do when I'm like, so out of it. Cause I'm just, I'm like, let mm -hmm. me just put this on paper and leave it on paper. So, all right. right. I got one last question for you. So if you could okay. choose any person, um, any person from history to be your friend for the day, who would it be and why? Ooh, wait, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Definitely probably somebody that's an activist. That's for sure would probably be me. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind me Malcolm. Malcolm X. I don't think I would mind that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I there's a lot yeah. of controversy around him, but I know like his message, there was something underneath the message. Definitely. Um, and I just know that he cared. 
about our people and he was willing to do whatever to push us forward. So I would definitely like to sit and chat with him for a little bit. I think he definitely um, started the new era because you hear back in history where it's like Martin Luther King was the one who was like, you know, turn your cheek. And Malcolm X is like, no. And right. I think he gave a voice. Nah, we not everyone. <laughs> yeah. He gave a voice mm-hmm. for everybody that's like, be outspoken, speak your truth. You know, yeah. don't always compromise. And he definitely did show mm-hmm. that. And it's and it's like back in those days, you really you really died for what you believed in. You know, he's a legend. Right. He always will be. But it's sad that mm-hmm. it's this is still continuing today as, you know. I was going to say that, right. It's like the same thing, just cycling right back over again. And it's scary, to be honest, because it, it is mirroring a lot of the stuff that happened, like Jim Crow and all. And I just... It's yeah, it's, it's like a lot a process. My heart hurts a lot. No, honestly, Tiana, when I just seen that video, I was in rage. Like I'm like, I hope his I hope his family gets what they deserve. Like I was just so angry because I'm just like guys, if you saw the video, I'm sure you can understand. It's like get off of him. I, I wanted to scream through the phone, like, get off of him. Get off of him. Like it, it bothered me mm-hmm. so much because you know, granted, he's a black man in Minnesota, but he could have been anybody's family member, anybody's yeah. friend, anybody. And that just, it just bothered me so much. And yeah, that's why I, I really mm-hmm. loved your last episode because I know you said sometimes it can come off confrontational, but you were speaking your shit, girl. Like it was just yeah. like, we got to stop <laughs> normalizing it. I just, we have mm-hmm. to stop normalizing it. I'm over it. It needs to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, I 110% get it. I understand. Like, I have two brothers. I have an uncle. Like, I have people that I care about. But right. at the same time, like, I hear stuff every day in my job that comes from things like this happening, where it's like, oh, wow. I lost my parent. And I know every single detail of how they died in the manner of some of the people that are dying now. And it's like, we don't understand what effect that has on children or what effect it has on other people in general. Definitely. Like, I know we want justice. I know we want things to change. And I'm all for that. I, I'm not for traumatizing people. Like, it, no. PTSD is so real. Like, we didn't need to be there to be scared. Like, if you think about now, I'm reading a book, um, Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. In mm. the first chapter, she was talking about how she got pulled over by the police and just like her reaction was so extreme. She had never had a run in with the police before any of that, but because of the things that she had seen in the media and on social media, exactly. And that happens to people. So that's my biggest thing about it. I mean, I'll, I'll be confrontational in the sense of if it's going to help push us in a different direction, I'm all here for it. Definitely. And, and, and I heard you say that too, that, you know, sometimes one of the traumas that the kids or the parents come to you for, I'm saying parents, but even like families, um, is, is of the violence in the community, you Mm -hmm. know, is seeing things like that. And it don't, and it it doesn't even have to be traumatizing to be there physically, even like virtually, like on the phone, me, like that really bothered me. It Mm -hmm. bothered, like, I wish I could do something to make it be better or or give that give that family justice like it bothers me so it's like I don't know what do you think the what do you think can kind of help 
or diminish that kind of trend of always recording something, whether, you know, it's, what do you think? Cause it's like nowadays, if something's going on, pull out your mm-hmm. phone, you know what well, I mean? No one really helps. To be honest, I think it's going to take a hard reset for us because at this point, like, we are so used to doing this. I think about, um, I can't remember if Trayvon Martin was first or, um, the guy from Fruitvale Station. I cannot remember his name right now. Oh, yeah. The, um, I've seen the movie of that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. That, that right. Extreme. Good. But you think about how long that this has been happening. And even after I did the video, I thought about it like the media stuff didn't just start. If you think about Civil Rights era and Jim Crow, all the pictures you, you see of people being hosed and pictures yes. that they have of people being lynched. So the it's dogs. been happening for a long time and I think right now is just embedded in our culture and the more that we have access to social media and things like that the more it's putting us in a position to be able to do the things that we're doing and I know some people are coming from a genuine place I know some people just like you know to be in the mix I do know that and I do know some people are genuinely angry and want something to change so to be honest, I, and I was talking to my best friend about that after the episode because we talked about how like I didn't provide a solution because I don't know what the solution is, but you I know can. this isn't the yeah. solution, right? So I don't. I think it would take a hard reset. I think it would take more conversations like this for people to be informed because at the end of the day, you can't hold people responsible for things that they don't know. That's true. The, the general population thinks about PTSD and they think about soldiers. They don't think about somebody living down the street who just was involved in something in their neighborhood and now they have PTSD from that. We don't think about that. Like, yeah. oh, it's not. It can be oh, minor. It doesn't always have to be major. It doesn't always have exactly. to be major that way. Anything can cause mm-hmm. it. And right. it's, yeah. Yeah, because the thing about trauma is it's how the person perceives it that makes it traumatic. And that's different for every single person. So yeah. you literally do not know. So yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know what the solution is. I think it starts outside of us to yeah. be honest but I think as far as our part if we could try to stop or figure out an alternative solution for us to get these videos to the people that it needs to be and not circulate right. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all the other and places. getting shared and shared and shared mm-hmm. it's it's crazy though because a lot of um the videos even for not saying that it isn't any justice but um there was a death in Connecticut probably a couple years ago, but again, with police brutality. And, you know, there were people fighting in front of the uh, Hamden Police Department, it is in Connecticut, and really with the posters. And they probably went on for a week strong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even sent them a few emails because it was one of those posts where it's like, send an email to, you know, do this. And um, nothing got done though. It was like after two weeks, it died down. So that's why I felt I was feeling you a lot because you like, that is getting normalized. That mm-hmm. go hard. It, it's just another fucking hashtag. It's yeah. I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick mm-hmm. of it. Like because what can we do? Do we keep right. going? I I made a um episode actually about this. Like Black Lives Matter to who? Because do mm-hmm. we keep Ooh. going to? Do we keep going? I know. Do we keep going to the cops? You know the authorities. The do we keep fighting for them? And there we've been doing that forever. We've been doing that. And like you said and. You know, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, we've been wanting justice. Yeah. But it keeps happening. It just mm-hmm. keeps happening. What, what, I don't know what is it going to take. I really what don't know I the think, answer neither. To be honest, I, 
and one thing I think I've become more conscious of, especially in my job, because like the group of ladies I work with, we are very open about experiences down from like how we feel when we're interacting with clients and how race comes into play. And so we have conversations like this all the time. And what I've learned is the allies that we make are most times the thing that gets us a little further. So, you know, and I hate to say they'll be more likely to listen to a person that looks like them, but that's the truth, right? So if I stand up and say, this isn't right, and as, you know, a race, we should not be doing this to another race and protest and do, because there were people who were involved in getting that video to the people that it needed to get to. And I can appreciate that and I can respect that, but I think it's going to take from both sides and I don't want us to feel like we're responsible for changing how the world views us because that's not on us. It's not. That's on them. And that's where the allies come in. The people who can stand up and say like, oh, my privilege is the reason why I can do X, Y, and Z. So like I'll have conversations with therapists that are white and I'll say like what I have to deal with in the therapy room sometimes if I have a family that comes in there and they may not say it directly, but they're being outwardly racist and I have to consider what my tone is and how I interact with that person. And so for another therapist to say, man, as a white therapist, I don't like a part of my privileges. I don't even have to sit down and consider the things that you have to consider in a therapy room. Mm. And so for me, it's like, okay. How did that make you answer. feel though? Right. I mean, it's almost like she acknowledged. She does. Yeah. Promise, but like you said, if, if you can become allies with someone like that, who can help yeah. make that change and, and gear towards what she, what you're saying. So she can understand, you know, it is true. They don't, they don't know what it feels like to be the only black person in a a room for white people or Mm -hmm. you know working with families that are predominantly white or whatever the case may be right from work or just anything you Mm -hmm. know they don't know that feeling nope nope i mean to answer your question how it made me feel i think in the beginning it used to make me feel weird because anything with race was like oh you just don't know what to say and you don't know where it's gonna go but i think within like me growing and in my own process, I'm becoming more vocal about things. So I'll outwardly talk about my experiences when we have what we call supervision. So like if I have families of color or I think my favorite thing to do right now is to work with adoptive families where it's an interracial adoption and I have the opportunity to say, okay, as a black person or as a woman of color, I can do this for a child of color. They can see their representation. So for mm-hmm. me to be able to have those conversations with them and then being open and receptive and can say, I can see that. I, I see you based off this experience. Now I'm like, okay, I can talk about this. So what? Like right. y'all are going to hear right. what I'm saying and y'all are going to take it seriously. And I think that's helped me out tremendously because there are things sometimes that I want to say that I can't really say because yeah. of the position that I'm in. And so trying to figure out what's the right way versus they may be able to say something a lot different than me and have different circumstances or consequences from that. So it didn't didn't bother me, I don't think. Um, But I I will say sometimes it's an issue of like being overprotective because they're worried about their privilege affecting me. Yeah. So that would be the only thing, but yeah, overall. I mean, I think it's cool that they have that thought, you know, to Mm -hmm. just keeping you in mind about it, to make sure they're not overstepping their boundaries or just overstepping, you know, is she okay? Is Tiana, you know, like Mm -hmm. just, keeping that in mind because again they don't understand what that feels like and um speaking of to how long have you been a mental health therapist i graduated from so i've been in the field since i was an undergrad because i worked okay. like at a group home and in different agencies doing 
administrative stuff. Um, but as far as becoming a therapist, that was in 2014. So okay. six years now. That's an, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, um, you know, you said you started from the group home. Was it, is the experience much different than, you know, going to school for it versus, you know, working in the group home versus where you're at today? Is, mm-hmm. is it what you expected at all? Were you ready for it? I mean, because you do a brave job, girl. Like, like you said, you trying to cope with every everybody else's, but you're also trying to keep as one for yourself, and that's right. not easy, you know. By any means. So I will say it's night and day. So like when I did the work at group homes, I wasn't in a role where it was super. It was like more of a caretaking role. Like I'm here and I'm responsible to make sure that you guys eat, make sure you have your outings, and yeah. do those things. That's a lot different than, okay, I'm the one responsible to sit down with you and help you process this stuff. Um, And the reason that I even got into trauma therapy in the first place is because I was doing behavioral-based therapy first. And so all the kids were like, they're just bad. Oh, they're involved in the legal system and they're on their way out of the house. Those were the kids that I was working with. That you were doing, okay. But what I learned in working with them is, yeah, you have a lot of behavioral issues, but based on all the stuff that you just told me that you've experienced, like what else do we expect from you and so when I realized like there's a lot more behind what the behavior is I want to help with that part right right that's the surface there's more to it and so to answer your question I was not ready I thought I was ready but I was not ready um the first year that I did it I like it took me out and that's why I'm so adamant about like y'all PTSD secondary trauma this stuff is real real I literally in my first year of doing this took on so much from the kids and the families that I worked with like it I was affected so much to the point where I had one kid community violence was the issue Um, but I was watching a movie and in the movie it basically gave me the visual of what my kid Mm. had been telling me all the time in therapy and it was the first time that I put like oh I can see what you're talking about and it was like for me immediate panic attack because I'm just like what is I couldn't control like what my response was i was crying yeah. uncontrollably and i'm like what is like this didn't it happen was your initial happening? reaction it was, it was your my initial, initial like, oh my yeah and mm-hmm. sometimes you can't always sometimes you can't always like you know control it you have emotions you have feelings and, and your right. first reaction is just that and it, it it does it does um it sucks and it's so sad because i know mm-hmm. i work with kids also okay. um but it is sad because I know that there are kids that I've had in my class who are, you know, in the system or just going through a hard time at home. And I think about them a lot since being home because there is no, you know, school is your safe place if you're dealing with anything. You know, that's your safe place. And you know your children. When you know your children, you just know your children. And I've always given that child, you know, because every child don't have, you know, 52 crayons in their box, if you know what I mean. You know, every mm-hmm. child don't have that. So yeah. when they come to school, I'm giving them that. I'm giving them that. So not being able to see them for this long, wondering, you know, is everything all right? Or mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, I know it's traumatizing. I know it's, 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 it's just a lot for them. They can't process all their thoughts. They don't have the cognitive you know, flexibility, be like, all right, you know, this is what's going like we do. Mm-hmm. They don't have that. So everything right. is just confusing for them. Like, wait, mom, I got to wear a mask, but they're not wearing a mask or I got to, what's going, they don't know. Yes. So this, this already for a child is trauma. It is. Why I got to stay home, mom. What dad, what's what? going on? Why, what's, 
I don't understand. And I'm and glad like, you brought that up too, because at, so one of the things, or we call them measures, but it's a questionnaire that we okay. use to ask people questions about traumatic experiences. And it helps us know whether or not a person has PTSD. Recently, okay. they just revamped it. And whereas it's used to be like all of these different traumatic things that you could have gone through, like sexual abuse, community violence, physical mm -hmm. abuse, all of that. And now it is one specifically for COVID. Like, that's the only thing that's up there. How COVID has affected you. Do you know someone who's had COVID? How do you feel on a daily basis? Are you scared? And it's all of these things. And we don't think about that kids don't. They don't know. And I've had to have conversations with my niece and some of my other family members about, like, how to have conversations with their kids about this. Because it's hard for me to understand. I don't want right. to sit in the house. I wake know. up every day like, dang, I'm in here again. Like, I'm ready to go. Girl, you know what? This <laughs> Let is me out. Some, day, some nights I'm like, what am I even taking a shower for? To go to bed what and get I, up and do what? Like, I, and do I'm what? so over it. <laughs> go back to the living room. I'm tired of going to the living room. So I can only imagine being a child oh, where it's man. like, it's mind-blowing. And I know when one of the first times I went to the grocery store where everybody, for the most part, had a mask on, it threw me off. And I Girl, was like, isn't it something oh, to see? I remember feeling that. Scary. Yeah. And, it, and like in my mind, I'm having a conversation with myself as I'm walking through the store and I'm like, get it together, get it together. Don't you, don't you lose it in here? Like, it's right. okay. <laughs> but at the same time, it's not because we're not no. used to that. What kind no. of world are we living in now where everybody has to walk around with a mask on? And then some people aren't. And what do you think? Yeah. Oh, girl, that's another conversation for another day. But okay. yeah, it's, it's scary for the kids. It Very is. scary. No, honestly, speaking of that, I actually got kicked out of like a gas station. I don't know if you guys have it in North Carolina, Cumberland Farms. Mm -hmm. and, no, um, we don't. Okay. It's basically just a gas station, whatever. But I go in there, you know, very quick. You just, man, I got kicked out because I didn't have my map. But this was kind of the beginning. This was like maybe around like beginning, okay. The ending of March. So I wasn't taking, I'm like, this, we going back. Oh, to it was work. early. I, I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to work in like two weeks. This ain't nothing. This is going to die down. You know, that was my thoughts to get over through my days. Like, this is cool. It's going right. to be back to No, little did I know. And now everywhere I go, mask on, please. It, it is now state law in Connecticut. You have to have. Oh, a wow. Yeah. You have to have a mat. You will get kicked out. Stop and shop. Any kind of liquor stores or um, mm -hmm. grocery stores, want mask on. And but you know what? I'm not mad. I'm not mad either. <laughs> but it's traumatizing to see everybody with it a is. mask on. It's like, yo, it this is, is really... Some days, I don't know how... Like, you know how you're driving? And I have my mask, <laughs> like, either right here or, like, my little glove compartment. And I just... <laughs> like all right, you know, let me get ready to go because this is my new life now. This is what everybody has to do. And it's just like, yeah. why? I don't want to normalize it. I don't. No, I don't. That things are going to get back, right. hopefully, to what they were. I want to be able to go back to work. I don't like staying home. I want to go back, you know, to class. Everything is just like, huh. But again, in the midst of all this negativity going on, there's mm -hmm. blessings behind it. You know, being yep. home and you know, coping with yourself, like writing. I know different people do different things, but just coping with your own ways and learning who you are. There's a lot of opportunity and time to figure out who you are. Have you been doing any of that for yourself? Just despite Girl, your things, yes. what are your ways? Of yes, yes, yes. Open for yourself. So I'm a writer too. 
nice. Um, and I was just thinking when you were saying that, like, dang, my second book is probably going to come out of this because yeah. I don't know what it is about just, like, sitting still. But it's been so many things that have come up for me where I was like, oh, no, I'm okay. I'm I'm over that. I'm good with that. And it's coming up like, oh, remember when? And I'm thinking mm. I'm over here. And so it's allowed me a lot of time to process. And so between writing, I picked up reading again. So that's been really helpful for me. Nice. Um, I've you always loved DM, yoga. Um, I'm going to actually DM you after this. I want to know the book. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a bookworm too, girl. I love to yes, read. Yes, it's good that's too. Good. Yes, I'm all for that's that. Good. Yeah, the main character is in her 30s, so it hit home. It's it's yeah. it's really good, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been reading, trying to write. Um, I'm still doing my own therapy through this, okay. even though before all of this happened, I had knocked it down to like once a month because I'm like, I'm good. I'm just maintaining. Now right. I'm like, oh, girl, I probably need to call you every week because okay. this is a lot. But then I don't want to call her because I'm like, I know you're struggling too, sis. So I'm just going through it, though. You know? Right, so that working out. Um, I've got back into doing okay. yoga, so I've okay. I've been trying to do what I can when I can. Um, but it's not always easy. I'll say that. Yeah. So you're, but you're also doing um, the Cope Circle. I've noticed. Um, you guys check out Cope for the Culture podcast on Instagram, and you get to see it. And I think it's really cool because you have different segments. Mm -hmm. You know, for just that fits in for everybody. It's not just. Right. The, I know you had one for the essential workers and things like that. What made you start that? Was it kind of after this kind of COVID or was it, cause it's free, it's actually a free event too guys. It's on eventbrite.com. So definitely check it out. I like yeah. that cause. Thank you, thank you. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do this year for that to raise awareness and then all of this happened. Right. And it was literally like, I think I was in the shower and I was like, oh, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have a group for people. And then from yeah, there, it just yeah. went, that's how my mind works. So it just went from there. And I, I mean, I don't know, I, I like doing stuff like that. And before all of this happened, I have a nonprofit that is specifically for raising awareness around mental health. So I was having events from like vision board parties to self-care tea parties or different events where I had the opportunity to come together with people and have conversations and we're not having that right now and we are in the house with people that we're not used to being with full-time and All it's, day long, it's right. hard and people I know people are fatigued from being on the computer and having to work from home and doing all those other things yep. but I felt like people needed an outlet outside of their everyday people to talk and just get through whatever this is that we're dealing with yeah. to be honest I don't know what it is but that was my whole motivation behind it it's just making it more normal like everybody is stressed out everybody yeah. is dealing yeah. with their own thing in the midst of all of this and all of that is okay if you're doing yeah. great one day good if you're not the next day okay cool try again tomorrow like right so that it's was my motivation day. i i really mm -hmm. do like it i think i'm gonna check out your we have one on may 30th um yep the, the last one for um I business wish I owners and entrepreneurs May 23rd one you had a third person you know that would have been freaking great but my schedule is just so i i myself need to take a breather too because i've yeah. been trying to keep busy from just trying to not overthink everything i'm an overthinker mm -hmm. it sucks Same. um <laughs> Same but system. i i um i really it's it's admiring what you're doing to be honest i wish you we were closer girl because I, I know right but um, as far as the meetings go, they're hosted on where, like where, if someone's listening right now and would like to get that last minute session, will you be doing another one 
you want to tell us more? Um, so the last one that I had planned was for, because it was supposed to be every Saturday in May. Okay. So the first okay. one was essential workers. Then it was, um, I want to say healthcare workers, then therapists. And then this last weekend is going to be business owners and entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, so, I mean, it's really just a chill atmosphere. Like, I'm the kind of therapist where I do therapy, but I also like to be myself. So I will be myself. And I'm not considering this to be therapy either. And I think some people saw, like, support group or group and thought, like, oh, this is going to be some super serious. It's not. Yeah, like, no. I just like to have. Be open mind. Right. Just right. like we're having a conversation like this, this is exactly how the circles go. So right. people right. just come in. It's hosted on Zoom. Okay. Um, if you sign on Eventbrite, it sends you the link automatically for the thing. I had to, I started posting it on social media, but then I stopped because one of our meetings were, was hacked <laughs> by like no, random people. people. Yeah. That, on Zoom is, that really does happen, huh? Yeah, it really does. It's happened to me twice now um, during yoga. And that one was really weird. Like somebody was putting all that these symbols weird. up. Wait, and... did you, side note, can you like secure the Zoom or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I, I know all I have is just the code. I didn't know it was, I'm still new to this. So I didn't, I didn't even Same. know it was it. that's freaking crazy yeah so um, you can lock the room once like okay. so for example once we got on and we were good to go you can lock the room and that okay. will avoid anybody else being able to get in the issue okay. that came in for me is that i shared the link on social media so if i share the link it automatically puts you in the meeting in and the so meeting. people yeah they were just it kept bing 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 for people to come in and i'm like who are these people? <laughs> and the first person's last name made me know that it wasn't something legitimate. The last name was Literus. So basically, Clitoris without the C. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't this know what y'all are doing. This is not but outside of that, <laughs> outside look, of that, look yeah. At the, look at the dilemmas we have to deal with now from working at home or being at home and just that's trying what to I'm do saying. Yeah, you didn't even, I, cool. I really, that's I didn't even know people could do that. Like, what, why would you go into a meeting if you know that it's for no reason? Yeah, people yeah. are whatever they're gonna do, what they're gonna do. No, but I, I really do love the the curb circle. So, do you think you will be? I know it was for May Mental Awareness Month, but do you mm -hmm. think you will maybe continue it for maybe June, just due to the everything that's going on? Or are you just gonna keep as is with your therapy clients and you know your podcast? Mm -hmm. The podcast um, so is dope too, though. I mean, that's good oh. enough. Let Thank me tell you, girl. you. Thank you. Yeah, so I think after May, that'll probably be it. Just because, just like you, I've been throwing myself into everything. Like, yeah. season two for the podcast has been so different for me in a good way. Um, because season one was weird. It was the first time I was getting out there. I didn't know a lot about it. But this season, like, I have my vision and the things that I want to do. So right. I've just been working nonstop. Like, if I get a minute, oh, I'm working on stuff for, yeah. for the company. <laughs> right. So I'm busy all the time and I don't want to busy myself to the point where I'm not taking care of myself. So over the weekend, I, I think I barely it. touched my page for Coat for the Culture because I was like, I just need. I low-key like, kind of noticed. Too. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, I'm like, she hasn't even really. I haven't but, posted. But you right. know what? I literally kind of thought, I'm like, I feel like she probably it because I knew that you were a therapist. I'm like, I know mm -hmm. they got to take time for themselves too. Because I was, when I was younger, I used to have questions like that. Like, well, how does yeah. they, how could she deal with everybody else's mm -hmm. stuff? How she right. So yes, like that's good. It's yeah. always good to take care of self first. You can't pour into anybody else's cup unless yours is full. Okay. No, <laughs> and I have the biggest heart in the world, and I always want to help people, and sometimes to a fault. And so yeah. a part of me yeah. being home is learning, like, no, 
say no to people. It's okay. Like somebody can be disappointed. They can be upset, but you'll be okay. Right. Because you honestly, that's yourself. kind of a, um, that's a whole nother topic, but that, that one is hard for me. Um, mm -hmm. because I don't want to be looked at like, Oh, you know, like, it's just, yeah. I don't know if it's for me mentally, but you don't want to be looked at like the bad guy or mm -hmm. she not, you know, so I may say yes, but in the back of my head, I'm like, but you should have said no, no you know, I my, go. <laughs> right. say no, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's what it is. You don't want to look like someone's bad guy in their story, right. but you know what? F that. Sometimes you gotta do story. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You, you gotta, if they can't understand or respect that boundary, you gotta go. I'm all, that's what I'm kind of battling when I just kind of set my boundaries with anybody, mm -hmm. family, friends, I think yes. it's, it's, it's positive to do because again, like you said, you have to take care mm -hmm. of self. You have to. Yeah. I mean, and it is a hard thing to do and I'm glad yeah. you said boundaries um, because it, people are so used to you being a certain way. And when you alter the way that they are used to you being, it yes. shakes people and it's not anybody's not fault because we it. are creatures of habit and we're used to certain things being a certain way. And so it can be weird for people. And well, why are you acting like that all of a sudden? Are you too good? Are you being funny? It's like, mm, no, right. I just need a minute. Like, I just need to figure myself out. And it's I don't want to be all, it's it's all people you. all the time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard for people. And I recognize that to establish boundaries because then you think it's something about you specifically and it's not. It's about me. And what exactly. I need to manage. Exactly. And if you yeah. can understand that and, and see where I'm coming from, then, you know, we good. But like you said, there are people who are, you acting different. Are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's nothing against you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's me. I, I got to do it for me. If not, girl, we, me and you going to be in here arguing. Like, <laughs> And I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too because like me, my family, my friends, we're all really close and we talk all the yeah. time. So if people stop talking for a little bit, I'm like, you get like, did I do something wrong? Like, right. But I had to tell myself, like, nah, they just need a minute. They, yeah. they, it's a lot going on. They just need a second. They'll come back when they're when they're good. They had some time to process. It's not about you, sis. Let it go. And yeah, then I just go about, about my you. business. Yeah. So if you listening out there and you wondering, you know, why? Listen, it may just not be about you. <laughs> it's not about you. It may not, not even about be you. about you. <laughs> but um, no, I'm again. I'm really glad that you we were able to sit here and talk and yes. hopefully girl, maybe one time, one time before this COVID, I know you're in North Carolina, but maybe we could mm -hmm. do like a virtual. Cause to be honest, I had a therapist, but I wanted a, you know, a therapist that looked like me in a sense. Right. Um, Cause I'm, I'm black and Puerto Rican or whatever. So I Thank wanted to say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to speak to someone that can kind of feel me, you know, and mm -hmm. like, look like me. Like I, it was just so weird for me because I'm just like, yeah. and then after that, I stopped. I didn't try mm -hmm. again. And my father was like, you know, you need, it's not just ones. You, you got to go yeah. to two to three, you go to whatever feels good. So I haven't put yeah. myself out there again, but you know, just seeing yeah. your work and seeing, hearing your podcast is almost like, you know, a relief. Cause it makes me feel like I'm not alone. Like, all right. Mm -hmm. And it, and it coming from a therapist, it makes me feel even better. So I, mm -hmm. I know if I feel better, I know, you know, everyone else who's tuning into you definitely feels like, all right, you know what, yeah. you know, it just, it feels yeah. good. It does. Yeah, though. I appreciate that. Yes. That's, that's my whole point. And I've just accepted that that's my purpose right now. And yeah. this is what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. And that's the reason I did the podcast too. Yes. I'm a therapist, but I'm still human 
as hell at the end okay. of the day. So Listen, I like you have feelings and you from have me. everything else okay. just like everybody else. So mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why I'm so open and honest up there because I'm like, it's okay, yes. But you I know what I think that's so um, off. <laughs> Yeah. I, but I like that the fact that you said that you are open because mm -hmm. like, you know, when you think of maybe therapists you may not think, you know, you think it's kind of very perfect, not saying that you're not, but you think mm -hmm. it's always professional. Like it's always yes, yes. You know, by a guideline and it's always look like this. And, mm -hmm. and I like that you're just so open, so honest, like, so you just unapologetically mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is me. This is also what I do. And because it's like, yes, I can relate to her. This is what, right. this is who I want to speak with. Not, you know, Betsy with the cop, you know, I, I don't want to do that because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Like maybe right. I her, so should I be me? Mm -hmm. I don't want to think like that when I'm yeah. expressing myself and being with someone, you know, just trying to cope with myself I and cope. finding different tools. And right. that's kind of why I'm a bookworm, to yeah. be honest, because I don't yeah. like talking or I feel weird about it at first. Mm -hmm. like, no, let me just read a book. Or let me just write a little something. something. Just write about it. it yeah, myself. I write about it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in school, and I, I'll just say this as the last thing. In school, they make it that way where it's like you have to have this certain level of <clears throat> professionalism and you have to be this person in the therapy room. And the thing that I've come to start practicing more is a term that I've come across called intersectionality, which just means mm -hmm. I bring myself as the therapist into the room. And if I have similar experiences or if there's something that you said to me that was outwardly racist or that did not sit well with me as right. your therapist, I can say, hey, like. Let's talk more about that because I'm not understanding where that's coming from. And if I'm being honest, it made me feel X, Y, and Z. So like having it, because I'm still human at the end of the day. And just exactly. because I'm your therapist, I'm not going to let you come in here and treat me and talk to me any kind of way. But in school, right. sometimes right. that's what they push. Like, don't tell the client more than what they need to know. And don't do this and don't do that. And I'm like, yeah, but sometimes you need to be a person too. Like yeah. People need to see that you can be human. Exactly. That is true. That is true. Oh. Mm -hmm. No, that is that is true because again, you are human. Like, what what do you like? You know, you you can't take on everything, and nope. it's crazy because um, I relate to that too. Before we end this episode, being in school, being in school for um early childhood in general, mm -hmm. and it's so much different in school than you know what you work in in the real world, girl. It's <laughs> so different. And, but I've, I've known my first year, I'm like, oh my God, I have to find a new profession. I cannot do this. But like, mm -hmm. as I've, I've been in it for about four years now and I just, it's like, I could, I've always wanted to work like maybe at a Montessori school, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I've worked with more like inner cities, urban communities, because those kids really need that. They need it. That safe place. They need that, us. They yes. need us. Yeah. You feel more comfortable when you can see a teacher that looks mm -hmm. like you. And I know yeah. it feels, and if it feels like that good for a child, I know it feels good for adults. Like, it's okay. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Um, I'm down to work with everybody. Yeah. But my heart always yeah. is like, I can get my little babies, my little black and brown babies to come in here and I'll talk to them yeah. and let them know, yeah. like, there's a way out of this and it's okay. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, there are other things in the world, then, hey. Why not? No, I'm out for it. For what for right now, I know you you're working on your main thing, but do you want to let any of our listeners know where you know what anything you're working on or what to look out for? I know you do mm -hmm. your um you drop your episodes on Wednesdays. Wednesdays at nine. At nine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So every Wednesday at nine, I drop an episode. I'm dropping one tomorrow, which is also controversial, and I'm a little nervous about that one. But rape culture will drop tomorrow. Yes, yes, yes. 
tomorrow will be all about rape culture. Um, okay. All the stuff about Lil Boosie and some other things previously. You know what? Just listen. That? Girl, just, yeah, that's a lot. I'm but tuned yeah, so, in, and I may be, I'm going to be talking, because I'll be sometimes doing that when I'm listening. To, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, you're not alone. I'm going to be mm-hmm. doing that because that topic, child, oh, my God. Yeah. I, was, I was over it. But, um, but yeah, so every Wednesday at 9, um, I'm on Instagram at Cope for the Culture Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Cope, the number four, the culture, and then Facebook, Cope for the Culture Podcast. And I also have a YouTube now, too, for when I do video-based episodes. So Nice. Yeah. And you know what? I'll have all those linked into this episode mm-hmm. details. So if you guys just want to look at it and see, you can go directly to the link. So Yes, yes. I appreciate it. Again, that, thank you so much, Tiana, for being a guest. Yes. It was definitely a pleasure. And I hope everything is good for you this week. I know it's only Tuesday, but I hope you have a good rest of the week. And, I'm gonna try my um, hardest now. I'm be tuned in. <laughs> I'm gonna be tuned in tomorrow because that is a good topic. I'm sure our listeners have heard of that boosie shit. And let me tell you, he took it too. I don't even want to say anything, but yeah, he took it way. But you know what? It was almost a, it was good that it shed light on it because he ain't probably the only one out here doing. He's that not the only that. one. And that's what the episode is all about. It's not just yeah. about him. It it's ain't no all he, angles. He, he just opened the door. For everybody else. Right, okay. But now we get to see. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But again, thank you. And I'll be tuned in. I'll be seeing you on Instagram. So. Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, girl. Take care. Bye. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. So if you guys want to reach out or have some topics to discuss, I'm always available on IG at the two E's Barbie way. And yeah, hit me up. Let me know any feedback too on any of the episodes. But I just want to say I appreciate for you tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode.